episode of Anger Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course, the music. It's the last episode of the year. Don't worry though, I'm just taking a little winter hibernation to recharge and get things ready for 2019. We all need a little bit of that after a busy year like 2018. But this week, I'm joined by one of my favorite writers in the independent music scene, Emily Kitchen. Emily is a writer over The Alternative, a blog you know is near and dear to my heart with their strong sense of independence and efforts to truly help the music community grow and be sustainable. That's why I'm an editor on the staff, confession, and Emily's writing caught my attention. She has this natural knack for sharing the story or message of a musician's art through a well-crafted personal lens. So who better to end the year with and talk about all the awesome music that came out? So let's listen to one of Emily's favorites, Derek Ted, and then turn it over to the interview with Emily herself. music of the indie rock persuasion i'm so excited to be able to talk to you we correspond on the internet here and there with some with some tweets but it's really nice to actually put a face and a voice to you i know it's really it's it's really exciting 
Absolutely. And like full disclosure for everybody listening, um, Emily and I also work together on The Alternative. Uh, Emily is an awesome writer on our staff and I've had a blast being able to work on her stuff. And uh, for that reason, I wanted to invite her on the podcast to talk about uh, writing and the music scene and all the cool stuff that happened this year. So perfect person to end the year with. Thank you. (laughs) I'm so honored to even be a part of this. People who've been on this podcast. And when you reached out to me, I was like, oh my gosh, someone actually cares about me. Absolutely. To have a platform like this is really important. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's it's a blast. And, you know, I love what you're doing with your voice too, because with your writing, I see you choosing bands that, you know, aren't all straight white guys whenever you write. It seems like you have the mind for being inclusive with your writing. I try. I don't, I hate to say I try to make a conscious effort because I don't want, I don't ever want my writing to come across as I'm writing about someone just because they're a woman or just because of this or that. But yeah, I definitely try not to (laughs) just write about all straight white men. There's so much great music out there that it's not hard to find really awesome bands that aren't that. Yeah, absolutely. Especially right now, it's been like the perfect year to see all these amazing diverse artists just spring up and flourish too. Yes, definitely. Well, before we get into all that, I want to ask a little bit of, of course, about you. Um, How did you kind of first get into writing? Um, It's hard to pick like where exactly it started. Writing's always just came easy to me. Um, I remember in probably like middle school when Property of Zach was like really, really big. I had came across one of their like videos on, it was like a video on YouTube. I don't even remember what it was. And so I found out about the blog and the website and I was like, this is so cool. I want to do something like this. I want to be involved in music somehow and this is something that I could see myself doing but I never really put the two like that I was good at writing and I have this passion for music together until college maybe um I'd always wanted to start like a music blog but never actually did it I don't know why (laughs) just was something that I was always putting off I didn't think that anyone would want to talk to me about their music which is crazy because everyone wants to talk about their music and share it but I don't know exactly it's hard no that's okay I mean I feel the same way I know I've done so many attempts at like starting to put together a blog and then I step back on it and stuff Uh, I think part of it's a little bit of that intimidation and also like who's going to want to talk to me about uh, their music and boy have I been proven wrong with this podcast (laughs) Yeah, it's so awesome, though, um, writing for The Alternative now. I never thought that it would actually be something that I that I could do on a larger platform, like bigger than myself or my own dumb blog. So <laughs> that's been really, really cool. Absolutely. Well, it's such a great space to be able to explore all of that and um, get your work out there. So to kind of like backtrack a little bit, like um, what kind of musicians were your entry point for the music scene? Like who did you fall in love with first? Oh God. Like, uh, well, it's a wild bumpy road. That's for sure. (laughs) First like started really loving music. Probably. uh, I have an older sister and she introduced me to more of like the punk and emo bands, I would say. She, like my first mix CD ever was Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Uh, So that was like my first favorite CD. But then when I went into high school, I was really into like country music, stuff like that, which I don't really listen to now. And then going into college, that's when I discovered like like super pop punk bands, The Story So Far and like Man Overboard. I went to like my first actual show and I feel like though it's so embarrassing to say, but those bands were the ones who made me realize that I can, I don't know, music doesn't have to be this huge thing that's just on like MTV or VH1. Like I can be a part of this. Mm-hmm. 
say those smaller pop punk bands are what really got me going. Um, I was able to make friends with people who liked the same bands and I could reach out to those bands, which I thought was super cool. Um, yeah, I own way too many Defend Pop Punk shirts now. <laughs> I don't know what to do with them. I can't say it's embarrassing because they're someone's favorite band now, and that's awesome. If they're your favorite band, that's cool. Yeah, totally. That's so awesome to hear, though, because it's like everybody finds that entry point, and then it's even more special, I think, when you realize that these people are more accessible than you possibly imagined. I think the internet is a godsend for that because... I think that's how I've made like half of my friends to the scene now. Yeah, exactly. Because before I like everyone has like their favorite pop artists or whatever. But once I started listening to pop punk and like these smaller bands, that's what really made me realize that these people are just like us. Mm -hmm. They're not something that's just on TV or in the movies. And yeah. That's so awesome. Well, I love your approach and attitude with that. That's for sure. Um, so what made, what motivated you ultimately to decide, Hey, I want to start writing about these people. Um, going back to like the property of Zach thing, that's kind of when I realized that I, even though I'm not like, I like at this time I wasn't even in college yet. And I had like an idea that maybe I can reach out to musicians, but at that point in time, I was like, no one's going to want to talk to me. I'm like 15 years old. I don't know anything about music. So I just kept putting it off for a super long time. Um, a little bit before I graduated college, I would like go on rants all the time on Twitter, which is everyone does. Yeah. All of my friends were like, you should just make a blog and put all your writing there because you have really great ideas and that would probably be a better platform for you to just them than just shouting out onto the Twitter void. And I was like, okay, I've been I keep saying I'm going to make this music thing like a blog, but I never do. And now all these people on Twitter are just like telling me to get off here. <laughs> <laughs> so that was definitely probably the point. And on when I started my blog, I was like, no one's going to read this anyway, so I'll just do whatever I want. And I don't know that's working, but <laughs> some people are interested sometimes, I guess. Absolutely. Um, so at what point did you decide that you wanted to, like, uh, write for, for another blog? How did you kind of find your way even into the alternative? Yeah, definitely. So the I had seen the alternative on my timeline a, like quite a bit, but I never really thought that I would reach out to writing for them. For a really long time, I didn't even want to be a writer. I enjoyed writing, but I didn't see it as a career choice. Mm -hmm. I just saw it as a hobby. Um, I Finally, though, I had uh, met up with Jamie Coletta. She had um, invited me and someone else after the side one dummy thing had happened to talk, like get coffee and like talk, whatever. She's like the nicest person in the whole world. I love but Jamie. <laughs> she, we were, I was just like kind of, we were talking, whatever. And she told me that I should reach out to Henderson about like writing for the site. And I was like, I don't think that they're going to give me a chance because at this time, I had applied to so many jobs just in the media industry in general. Um, not really writing, but I was like, why is this online publication going to give me a chance when I can't even get a chance literally anywhere else? But she was like, yeah, just like email Henderson. He's super nice. Like, you never know what happens. So I like I emailed him and was, said I was interested. And he was like, yeah, your ideas seem really cool. Come join us. So that's kind of how I started writing for The Alternative. That's awesome. Do you remember what your first piece was? Uh, yes. I, th I can't remember if it was my Camp Cope review. I think before that, though, I did, um, it was like 10 awesome releases that you can pay what you want for on Bandcamp. Oh, so sweet. they were like 10 smaller artists not saying that you should only spend zero dollars or 50 cents and get it for free 
but still it was pretty cool and I'm hoping to do another one beginning of next year is I felt like it came off pretty well I don't know <laughs> that's awesome though because at that point you're encouraging people to support these artists usually when artists do pay what you want it's to kind of just encourage anybody to donate anything and you know all that helps so that's kind of cool that you put that in the direction of somebody who could really use that money too yeah it's nice to know that there is music accessible to people who don't have enough money to freely spend on things like music but who still want to support their favorite artists mm -hmm. so that feature is really cool especially for smaller bands who can't easily charge 10 15 dollars for an album yeah and it kind of helps them with their own marketing in that sense because it's like if that person is able to access that music they're probably going to go share it with their friends that they really like it and then it'll just keep going and spread yeah, yeah definitely that's awesome well kind of back to your writing you've been doing this for a little while now um doing some writing for the alternative and even still a little bit for yourself what are some things that you feel like you've learned through the process of writing so much? Uh, I feel like I've learned. So I, I feel like I've learned so much and that every single time I write something else, I'm learning something new. I got my degree in journalism, but it, it taught me like the basics, you know, mm -hmm. like these are the bread and bones of how you're supposed to write and grammar and this and that. And then when I started writing for The Alternative, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. People email me and I'm like, I've never seen like an actual like PR pitch, even though that's what I went for school to school for. So I get these emails and I'm like, how am I supposed to respond to this professionally? I don't know. I'm just going to kind of do my best, <laughs> see what happens. So I'm always learning new things it's hard to pinpoint what exactly because it's it'll be the smallest the smallest things but i'm constantly learning i really have no idea what i'm doing and i that's the beauty of diy in general is none of us really know what we're doing but we're trying our best and learning from people who have experience and want to share that and yeah yeah, definitely. I think that's one of the best parts about, for sure, with the alternative in that sense is because we're able to kind of learn from each other. I'm reading other people's work, so that teaches me how to be a better writer and also, like, uh, just things about voice and stuff. Like, I really like that you have um, a way of framing everything on the artist, but you slip your voice in just in the right points to where it's enough to where it's like, it's a description of how you feel about it, but it's still so heavily in relation to the artist and maybe the artist's experience. That's something that I feel like is really difficult to do as a writer to begin with. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think it's really important to be able to have your own voice when you're writing because it's so easy there's so many reviews there's so many premieres there's so many interviews to just read all of those and they become so monotonous i can't speak that's okay i can edit <laughs> the word, so hopefully people know what we're trying to say but it all becomes the same yeah and really cool when you see writers who are able to it's it's more personal it makes you want to read it it's even hard for me to go back and read my older pieces just because I reread it and I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. I could have done mm -hmm. so much better. And then, like you said, reading other people's work, it, it makes me learn a lot more. Um, I forgot what the question was. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You answered the question. It was just one of the, like, uh, one of the things... <laughs> I think that was still the question about the learning and such, so we're good. <laughs> I rambled too much. I'm so sorry to whoever's listening to this. I ramble. No worries. We're used to being the ones ask the, asking the questions, so. Exactly. No one ever asked me questions. I just listen. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I hear you. I'm tempted for, like, I don't know what episode I'm on, so I'm really bad at keeping track of that, but maybe for, like, 100, make somebody interview me kind of situation, yeah. but... Oh, awesome. I was thinking, I was like, I don't know what she's going to ask me, but I have so many questions for her. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Tim Crisp over at Better Yet Podcast gave me that, that idea. So I'm just like, 
okay, well, maybe I'll get around to that at some point, but <laughs> I feel you. I know it's sometimes it's hard because it's like when people ask me questions, I'm like deer in the headlights. I'm like, oh, wait, I have to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's, That's another reason why I started writing because I always have all these thoughts in my head and mm -hmm. it's so much easier just to write everything down and then reorganize it. Because if not, then I just go and go and go and nothing makes sense. I feel ya. That's yeah. so funny. I do the same thing. That's for sure. <laughs> um, so what's maybe like your favorite piece that you've worked on? Um, I would probably say uh, my teen fans piece. Mm -hmm. And I interviewed a whole bunch of different people um that were about teen age age range like 14 to 19 nice um talking about their experiences at shows and how oftentimes teens especially teenage girls are the ones who are often like made fun of or ostracized in the scene in general but they're the ones putting the most effort and money and everything into these bands. So that was a really cool piece to work on and to share their voices because a lot of times people don't take teenagers. I mean, oftentimes we don't want to listen to them or we make mm -hmm. fun of them, but they need a platform too. So that was a really cool piece to do to share their voices. Yeah, that one's really important. I really love that you focused on particularly like teenage girls because uh, like you said, it's like we're kind of scorned at, I remember being a teenager and like if, even if, if you mentioned like a pop punk band or something, you'd always get this like bro or whatever who would kind of make fun of you for whatever you liked and it's just kind of like, you yeah. would be just as thrilled if I was this excited about you. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a weird ego thing that I feel like comes with like the patriarchy and stuff and it's like you have to somehow be better if, oh, it's so stupid, honestly. And that culture, unfortunately, is toxic because it pushes like these teenagers away from the scene. And that's it not is, healthy. It is very frustrating to see it too, because a lot, like I'll even see bands on Twitter, like making fun of their fans. And I'm like, these are the people paying your rent. Like mm -hmm. these girls are what are making your band survive. And for you to just disrespect them is so disgusting. I just, uh I could go on for, for a while, but I don't blame you. Honestly, it's just it's just a point of frustration whenever it's like people that don't respect the the community that they've built in that sense. Yeah, well, definitely. I definitely remember that piece and loved it so much for what you put in and what you put out there because I hope that educated a lot more people. I certainly saw a lot of traction, so that's important. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I hope to do more of in the future is being able to give people who don't necessarily have a platform, a platform to share their concerns and their voice. And that's something that I think is kind of lacking right now. I think it's too easy to get caught up in like reviews and all this stuff, mm -hmm. but there's so much more to the community that I think really could be shared. Absolutely. And I love that you're doing that. I'm going to send you an internet high five for that because <laughs> that's so important. That's one of the things yeah. that I focus on and I'm so glad to, I always get excited whenever I hear other people who share that same point of view. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah it's so important. So what would you say motivates you to keep writing and to keep writing about music? Definitely probably the, the concept of what I was just talking about is being able to, especially smaller bands, being able, bands that I believe in and that I don't think are like what you were talking about before, just straight white dudes, pop punk bands, this, 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 being able to give smaller bands who wouldn't normally have a platform or people in general, music fans who don't normally have a voice to be able to give, to help share their stories um, and to help share their art and their music in a way that normally they wouldn't be able to just because so many sites these days just run on ad revenues and this and that and they don't want to run articles that aren't going to make them money mm -hmm. so these smaller artists aren't going to be featured on those things lots of the time yeah. so that's definitely something that keeps me motivated is when I hear like a cool new band I'm like 
well, I want to share these people with the world. Like I want, I want their voice to be heard. So, yeah. That's awesome. That kind of motivation is really important, especially whenever you have that kind of care and respect for smaller bands in that sense, because it is important for them to get some exposure. And, you know, your piece could be the one that brings them more attention down the road at some point. It'll catch the attention of whether it's another blog or a smaller label that can help them get off the ground. That kind of stuff can go such a long way. Yeah, definitely. Everything starts somewhere. And I don't know, smaller sites like The Alternative, they're getting so much bigger. and. Mm -hmm. I've, I've seen so many bands start there and just blast off, and that's so cool to see and to be a part of. Absolutely. Do you have any um, dream guests or, like, people that you want to, like, work with in music that you haven't yet? <laughs> well, yes and no. <laughs> I really, really, like, my whole career goal at this point is to be able to interview Death Cab. I believe and, it. <laughs> thing is, like Death Cab, I could easily, like I, I would have to obviously have all my questions prepared, but I think I could get through it. Connor over, so I don't think I could get through it. So. <laughs> Maybe after I interview Death Cab one day, 10 years from now, I'll be ready to interview Connor Oberst. But <laughs> those are my goals right now. I, I love that. That's awesome. I, I do the same thing. I kind of set ones that I'm like, okay, I don't know if I can handle myself through this interview. And then some of them, I'm like, this is entirely possible. Like, uh, the first interview that I feel like I landed that I was like super nervous, but super stoked about was the Slingshot Dakota interview mm -hmm. with Carly when I was starting out. And then like, I've kind of just kept pushing myself to go a little bigger. So I remember, um, Let's see here. The one that I would say is kind of like my quote unquote white whale. I'll retire once I get this interview because it's so big to me. It's probably Laura Jane Grace from Against Me. Oh, that would, yeah. That would be like, I, I, I've done, that's it. I've done, I've done the greatest. There we go. <laughs> she's, she's perfect. The, the Portlandia skit with the pitchfork, like everything <laughs> about music has been written. We got to shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd have to keep going because there's so many more important artists out there. But like, uh, that would be the dream one. And then I think my goal for 2019, my big one is probably going to be Japanese breakfast because I've had a major, not creepy, I promise, obsession with <laughs> <laughs> Japanese breakfast like this year. <laughs> no, definitely. I understand that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I hope so, you see it or hear yeah. it. I like. Yeah, during uh, this uh, month break, I will probably be pursuing that. <laughs> so we'll see. No. Yeah, it's exciting. I love that kind of stuff. I love challenging myself. And, you know, that's something that took me a long time to embrace. But you start yeah. to do that the longer that you're doing whatever, like, craft you have, whether it's, like, writing or um, doing podcasting or any project along those lines. Yeah, definitely. I feel like pushing yourself, if you don't push yourself, you're not really going to get much further. Even another reason why I started my blog was just because I, no one else was giving me a voice. So I was like, I'll just make my own platform to do my own thing. And I'll just keep pushing. If they say no, then that's the worst that can happen. They already said no. Yeah, that's so <laughs> true. But better and they'll regret it in the future. Yeah. <laughs> And now you get to use your blog to do like really cool shout outs. Like I deeply appreciated the one that you included me on, on your blog with like, it felt so cool to be among people like Jamie Coletta and like just Ellie what? and so many other people. They, I, I thank you for thanking me, I guess. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I think that stuff like that is just, it's, it's so easy to forget about the people who inspire you and, I guess it's not easy to forget about that, but it's easy to get caught up in the small things. And it, it was nice to take a step back and just think about this year has been so crazy to me because for a couple of years, I was trying so hard to get anywhere with writing or a career beginning somewhere. And this year I felt like a lot of people finally took a chance on me and the scene and I was I've just been so grateful to have any opportunity to excel and like I said have my platform to raise other platforms that's so awesome and 
I'll be honest with you. I'm totally going to steal your idea and do a similar shout out in this episode to some folks because I just love what you did. (laughs) Undoes that, honestly, because it's, it's an awesome thing to do. Everyone wants to be recognized and feel important. And even when you like text your mom or your best Mm -hmm. friend, say like, oh, I miss you and you're awesome and I love you and I appreciate these things about you. Like those little things feel so good. So reaching out to like your favorite online publication or like a writer who inspired you or a photographer you really love, like that completely makes their day, whether you think they're going to see it or not. I think that sharing that positivity right now more than ever is so important. If you have a positive thought, why not share it? We're sharing negative thoughts way too much. Like (laughs) the positivity can come and it shouldn't be something that we should keep deep down inside. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love it so much. (laughs) Honestly, that kind of attitude and what I see you put out there is just so fucking inspiring to somebody like me. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Cause you're inspiring to me. So (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Thanks. Um, so you've really built yourself up this year. You mentioned that you've had a lot of like chances taken for you and like you're starting to feel really good about where you are and where you're going, uh, with, your writing career at this stage. Um, what are some things you want to be able to do in 2019? Um, I'm not sure yet. I'm still really trying to figure out what I want to do within the music industry. I know that I want a career in it, but just not knowing what I want to do. I really enjoy writing, but it's being a journalist probably isn't my main career goal. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to navigate a little bit more through that. I really wanted to get an internship with uh, some kind of label. I just moved out to the East Coast. I lived in California my whole life, and I'm like three hours away from Boston, and there's so much like music and like community here mm-hmm. that I really want to become more a part of. Um, I'm also hoping to have a little radio show with The Alternative. Hell Let's yeah. That <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'll be really exciting. Um, but other than that, I'm not sure. Just kind of taking it one day at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, that's awesome. And those are really awesome goals to be able to get like more involved in your local community. And I'm going to be the first one tuning in if you get that radio show. That's for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, so since we're at the end of the year, there's so much that I feel like came out music-wise. Oh, yes. Like... I know you you and I wrote about a few here and there, right? And then mm-hmm. there's so much on top of that. Um, who who were some maybe artists or records that got you really excited this year? Definitely Mitski this year. I had I had liked a few of her songs before and I had so many friends who absolutely loved her and I don't know what was wrong with me, but I just like couldn't like get a hundred percent on board. And then her album came out this year and I was like, oh my God, I mm-hmm. get it. Like, this is so good. Like, sh- this is so important to me. Like, so awesome. Hopalong's another one. I've been such a huge Hopalong fan oh for gosh. so long. Like, <laughs> I listen to that album like almost once a day still. Yeah. Interesting, <laughs> but so, so good. Illuminati Hotties is another one of my favorites this year. So underrated and Sydney Gish, both of them so underrated and so good. That's so awesome. I love your list already, just because those are <laughs> those are some of the bands I'm getting really excited about too. Because like, be the cowboy, Mitski. Oh my gosh, that's a game changer as far as like pop and indie goes. Like seriously, that's just there's nothing that can be compared to it at this point. And mm-hmm. oh my gosh, Hop Along is like burned into my soul now because <laughs> that record was just so good. I feel like the songwriting, the storytelling elements to it are just like next level. We've seen like Francis just develop so much over the past, like, you know, probably close to a decade now with Hop Along, if not longer. Yeah. The reason why I love that album so much is because there's a few different points on the album where it still feels like their early stuff. Yeah. It's so advanced and there's so many different complex parts to it that mm-hmm. it's just like it's really next level <laughs> it is like instrumentally they've gone somewhere that they haven't before but it still feels like richly their voice and then like just the 
I love just the depth to all of what Francis does in the music, but particularly like with lyrics and stuff, I'm just always entranced by just the, the verity to it. The first time I ever saw them, what they like were opening for title fight, mm-hmm. which is what's <laughs> such a strange show. Yeah. <laughs> I had never heard of them before, so I don't know why, but I thought it was going to be like some like hip hop band. I don't know <laughs> what I was expecting. And then like, I saw them come out on stage and I was like, wait, what? And I was like, okay, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Singing, And immediately I was like, oh my God, like, this is awesome. And then the whole, like, next week, I was just listening to, like, they had this, I don't know what it is on Spotify. It's like Sister Cities, but it's like a live recording type. Yeah. I listened to that, like, on repeat for, like, a week straight. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I've just been completely obsessed. Like, I was like, how can someone be this talented? So awesome. So. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I, I, uh, all the feels, honestly, when it comes to Hopalong. Yeah. I feel like if you love Hopalong, you probably will never forget the first time you saw them. And then every moment going forward, you're just like soaking them in like <laughs> as often as like your, your mind can possibly handle. Cause I, I, I do that for sure. I, yeah, definitely. They're one of those bands too. I have to list off like every, I feel like I hate being that person who's like, oh yeah, I saw them here and I saw them here and I saw them here. But with them, I'm like, well, I saw Francis this time doing this and this time doing this. Yeah. Explaining like every show and people are like, I don't care. I do the same thing though. It's like, I think because of living in Florida, you know, they don't, they only come through so often. So it's like, it's, Mm -hmm. it's easy for you to kind of at least for me, like really latch on to those times that they've played and where I was and where was that in life and like the impact of that show and all that stuff. So it's like, it's just, I feel like there's just something really special, of course, about that performance. I don't know. I could, I could go on about Hopalong forever, (laughs) honestly, just because ever since Get Disowned and going forward, I've just been like entranced. So it's, it's also good. What a great artist. What, what, What a great band. Definitely. Uh, back to how many albums and just releases came out this year in general. I was trying to make like my top 50 list or my top 20 list. And I kept forgetting like so many albums came out at the beginning of this year. And I'm like, yeah. so much good music came out this year. I don't even yeah. know. Part. Well, what I end up doing every year, uh, one of my friends taught me this probably about three years ago when I started doing this is I have a playlist um, that I keep on Spotify that helps me keep everything. And like uh, the first of the year, every year I create a new one and I just add, add, add every time I can remember. And unfortunately because it's Spotify, um, they don't have every DIY artist stuff out there. I wish Bandcamp had this honestly, because I would have an easier time, but like uh, I drop every EP, every record into that. And I just like, revisit it as often as I can kind of thing but like it's so easy for like bands to slip through the cracks like um even bands that I've had on on the podcast they'll have something that have been out for like a couple months they'll be like oh shit I need to add that to my playlist and like keep track of it all yeah that's really awesome I'm gonna have to do that next year (laughs) yeah it helps It, it helps so much that's like the every time I have I hear somebody say like I can't remember everything I'm like let me clue you in on this thing that my friend taught me it's great yeah, that's Plus awesome. Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's hard to keep track. I mean, I, I went through and I was scrolling through my list and it's like, oh gosh, I think it was just like hours upon hours of music at that point. And it's just like, and that's just what I liked. I can't imagine for just in general how much music came out, especially when like independent music. Yeah, definitely. It's hard because I hate getting stuck and listening to the same thing. Like I listen to the same, like I listen to that Hopalong record, like multiple times a week and yeah I forget about all the other stuff and I try so hard not to do that mm-hmm. but it's so hard too when there's so much music that you want to stay on top of yeah just overwhelming it's like a wave crashing down on you You're like no yeah especially whenever there's so much that's coming out I mean I feel like the writing that we do helps us manage it to some extent because we'll hear about new music coming out sometimes a little earlier than other folks. So it's like, okay, we know what to anticipate in some senses, but at the same time, we're kind of like, 
oh my gosh, but I'm still stuck back here listening to this other record. So you kind of have to like shift gears. That's a lot. That's why I feel like lately I've been trying to follow like more like the gray estates and like gold flake paint. Whenever they talk about a band, I'm like, I have to listen to them. Yeah. Because it's so much easier. I feel like that way to like narrow down what, because there's so much music out there being able to like find voices who I like trust and who I know are like sharing really awesome bands who aren't going to be problematic or something this or that is has helped a lot too absolutely thankfully we have people like Lauren who have really awesome tastes that we can just kind of (laughs) like be like yes thank you that you just helped me Just piggyback off of them. Seriously, I'm, I'm sure she and others do the same, honestly. It's awesome. Definitely. Um, so are there any records that you know are coming out in 2019 that you're really excited about? That's a great question because I really have not thought about it. I think that Connor Oberst is going to release a new album. Mm-hmm. I have no idea if that's true. It's just in my head that he <laughs> Sometimes you can just will it into the universe. I've done that before. I did that with Spray Nerd, actually. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Oh, wow. I don't even... This is making me feel really lame because I don't even know what's coming out next year. What's coming out next year that's already been announced? I don't even know. I know Slingshot Dakota is putting a record out. That's the biggest one that always comes to mind for me. Oh, gosh. There have been others that I'm blanking on, but that's like... (laughs) I, I, that's definitely the, my number one. It's probably going to be album of the year. Oh, American Football is putting out a record, but oh yeah, duh. <laughs> I'm mostly excited about that Haley Williams bit, though. Honestly, I am too. I'll be I'll be 100 honest, and hopefully, no one flames me on Twitter for saying this, but I'm not that excited for the new American Football album. I will listen to it, but I'm not like next level. This is going to be amazing. I'm sorry. But <laughs> yeah. I'm not both at this point, but yeah, I, I feel you. Some, sometimes it's like the one thing that draws you in. And yeah. Haley is one that draws so many in, so. So excited to hear this. I, like, from the first time I saw her, like, tweet a screenshot, like, she was listening to, like, American Football on Twitter. Uh-huh. I was like, what if they collabed? I never thought of it. <laughs> but here we are. Oh, my gosh. Magic. It's magic. <laughs> I love the music community for that reason. Yeah, we just need, like, a Carly Rae Jepsen, like, so who, I don't even know what emo band she could go with, but we could, we could go for one, and I would really like that. (laughs) I am trying to think of who might be, like, the perfect fit. I don't (laughs) know why, I feel like I picture, like, maybe it's just because of the energy I like out of this band, but I, my brain just instinctively said retirement party. Oh my, that would be the literal, like, end all the memes. That would be the best crossover in history. <laughs> That's like my, that was like my gut, my gut reaction was like retirement party. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> this happened. I'm going to will this into the universe. This is going to happen. Oh my gosh, that would be the most, like, epic crossover ever. <laughs> <laughs> this would be, this would just make my life at that point. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so one of the things that I kind of brought up personally with the podcast, uh, last, I guess, no, it was January, um, was kind of like scene resolutions, like things I want to see happen in the music community over the next year and such, and kind of trying to will that into the universe too. Um, what kind of things would you like to see happen or change or just opportunity occur within the music community? Oh, geez. So many, <laughs> there's a lot. Um, I I feel like this is a cop-out saying because without a doubt, everyone wants this, but just for it to be more inclusive overall, mm-hmm. it's really hard sometimes because it is like, especially in like smaller DIY communities, a lot of them preach like inclusivity, but they feel so exclusive. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I don't, it's always needs to be changed, but I really hope more than ever that's something that really is, can be like torn down. Um, I don't, oh, there's so many things. I don't even know where to start because (laughs) 
now someone's gonna be like how come you didn't say this but definitely more like in general less stores with all straight white dudes and just token bands um more people of color more lgbt more women just in general on in the industry doing Mm -hmm. things like photography art all of this stuff I feel like I need to stop rambling. <laughs> <laughs> no, these are all important things. Like, I feel the exact same way as you. Um, one thing I would just add is maybe take assault and abuse claims seriously. Because, like, okay. I see way too many of these bullshit tours starting to come back up again. And I'm like, Ugh, I have a lot of feelings, as you can tell, <laughs> on the matter. That, that's something that you should have feelings about. And that's a problem is too many people, It it feels like, it's not, I don't want to say that it's happening more often. It's just that people are finally being able to be more comfortable to share what's happened to them and their experiences. Yep. So it seems like it's happening more and people become desensitized to it. They're like, okay, it's like another day, another dollar type thing. Like another day, another shitty DIY dude got outed and it just needs to be something that we aren't desensitized to something that we continue to take seriously. Yeah, we need more empathy and we definitely need more action because I don't think the process for, uh, for, oh gosh, I'm losing the word. Um, the, the process for accountability is not perfect yet. And I don't have yet to have seen a successful accountability process. And that's something that I would like to see happen next year. But like, I just want to see that happen. And I just more, more accountability and definitely more empathy from just people in general, because I feel like that's something that we're losing, like you said, with desensitivity. It's yeah, it's definitely something that we don't really know how to handle yet. So every single time something happens, doesn't necessarily get handled in the right way because there isn't a right way to handle it but Mm -hmm. we can still do our best to make sure that victims and survivors feel safe in their communities um, and that abusers aren't continuously given a platform to do it again or show other people that it's okay to get away with this kind of stuff yeah Um, I think restorative justice is another word that's been going around a lot that is really hard to put something on and because every case is different. Yeah. Um, But that's something that I, yeah, in general, it's something that I would like to see improved, but yeah, there, I don't know. Well, I think that's the whole, like we, like you kind of said in the beginning was the whole part about, making sure that they're inclusive and diverse spaces. And if it starts with that, then it'll become easier to find those answers. So, all right, scene, if you're listening to us, get your (laughs) shit together. (laughs) We'll help. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you sharing your views on that and your openness and your enthusiasm for the music community. It's been so awesome talking to you. Thank you. I feel like I'm. if I listen back on this, I'm going to hate everything that I said. And I know I left out so many important things that I <laughs> felt and want to say. So I'm sorry if I said anything that was offensive or if I missed something important. I'm so sorry. And I just want to put that out there now. <laughs> no, you did awesome. And you know what? That's just reason for you to come back <laughs> and be able to talk more. <laughs> yes. Where can everybody keep up with you on the internet? So, um, my embarrassing Twitter handle at deathnap, the number four cutie, (laughs) and my website is collectinginterest.com. There, I have all of, like, my personal blog posts, but I also have all of anything that I've ever written or published on The Alternative there as well. So, it's a really awesome place to see all my writing and to keep up with that. Awesome. Everybody's going to have to go read all your work. It's so fantastic. I'm a huge fan and it's been so awesome being able to talk to you about everything that you're doing with your writing and your involvement in the scene and everything that's going to be happening next year. Thank you. I'm a huge fan of you. So like I said, thank you so much for having me. 
There have been so many people on this podcast who are way more important and way more awesome than I am. I'm like nothing compared to them. So I'm so floored that you even considered talking to me. So anyone listening to this, if you haven't listened to any earlier episodes, which would probably be fake. um, (laughs) Okay, (laughs) that's it. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're awesome. Your voice matters and thank you for joining. Thank you for having me. for joining this week to talk about her experiences in writing and how she shaped her approach to working in music. It's really important to support independent writers and media, especially those with the heart and mind for up-and-coming bands versus corporate established products. Before we end this episode, I want to take some time to thank you and so many others for all that you've done to support the podcast and DIY. This year was huge for growing, from switching to weekly podcast episodes to the first ever live show. So many friends were a part of this growth, too. Slingshot Dakota, Expert Timing, Gutless, Community Couch, and frankly, every single person who reached out to be a guest on an episode. You all inspire and motivate me. And without you, this podcast wouldn't be where it is now. Your support online and in person has meant the world to me. And that's how this is all happening, because of you. Listeners, as we approach the new year, I hope as you envision what 2019 will look like and what's to come, you push for opportunity for us in the scene. Maybe among your resolutions, you consider starting an inclusive DIY venue, pick up an instrument, write a few songs, or share your voice for yourself and others. I hope we all continue to use our money wisely to pay artists for their work and are selective with what labels, booking companies, and bands we choose to support. Money and time speak, and I hope that we all will take action to support those who shape our community. 
Let's keep pushing together and we'll see the change in the vision that we share. So that's my resolution. I hope that you feel the same too. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with me online. Follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for regular updates. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, Overcast, and more. Want to tell me what you think of the podcast? Leave a review on any of the apps. I'd love to hear from you. I'm always booking guest spots, especially for 2019, so hit me up at angergirlmusic at gmail.com. Whether you write and play music, run a blog, take photos, work in publicity, or book shows, this can be a space for you. Send me a link to your work and let's chat. Until next time, stay angry and stay warm this winter. And have a happy new year! Like you added anything